Hey everyone, Josh here with NYC Godcast, where we offer wacky wisdom weekly from God's Word. Today we are talking airplanes, exercise, parachutes, and lots more. Tune in for a our first episode of the year here on the NYC Godcast. New Year, everyone. Uh, I'm one of those thingies like. Bleep, bleep. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard no, one say blur. I think so. I've never heard one say blur. you never heard blur. So we have with us Baby New Year. This is his official uh, <laughs> podcast name. He has been behind the scenes for. Ever. Three years. I don't know how long we've been Ever. doing this now. Ever. Every episode. And now he has made it uh, <laughs> by uh, three deaths. <laughs> we had to kill three people off to get him on this side of the camera. But he's here. Baby New Year, everybody. So it's really uh, hard to believe. Hold it. Why three people? I'm confused. Um, Jamie counts for two. So <laughs> it's really. <laughs> I bet you're going to say Jamie, Jaime, and Miguel. Oh, it's identity crisis. That's what it is. Uh, so it's really hard to believe that we have before us a brand new year a fresh slate a blank canvas a blank sheet a fresh start i think you get the idea so it's not unusual around here uh typically on the you know last podcast or really at the the january uh, edition we like to poke fun at resolutions mm. uh, in fact last year you might remember we did an entire series on how uh we are fantastic failures that break every resolution we yeah. literally did that for the month of january uh but how god can make something out of our rubbish uh but this january we're not talking about resolutions <gasps> Re- sort of okay so i'm sure they'll come <laughs> uh we're not talking about resolutions themselves but we are talking about the content that makes up the number one resolution made every year. Okay, what do you think the most common resolution is? Lose weight. Lose weight, get in shape, exercise. Okay. Diet. I thought you said I. I. Pirates, (laughs) that's my resolution. Uh, So yeah. Scottish pirate. (laughs) They're a thing, haven't you seen? Alistair Big. (laughs) No, what's the Disney, the red hair, brave. They were kind of Scottish pirates. They had they weren't pirates. They, weren't pirates. they could have been. <laughs> no. No, they lived in a kingdom. Maybe. They had they were missing limbs and they fought with swords. <laughs> and I think the dad could have worn an eye patch in one seat or another. No. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Um, so after getting through all the holiday, you know, all the holidays uh, from you know November through December, getting through all the parties, eating all the pumpkin pie, pecan pie, and all the whipped cream. Uh, It's not unusual for a lot of us to look at the new year and conclude to ourselves that this is the year. This year, I'm going to get in shape, and this year, I'm going to be more healthy. I'm going to do it. And, you know, we convince ourselves with January being here, now's the time. Like, it's it's just like it was yesterday, but we convince ourselves it's different because it's number one day one of the year. So, with good intentions, we might go to the pantry on January 1st, and we might throw out all of the food with added sugar. We might pour down the drain all the soda that we've had in the house. We might dump the entire candy drawer in the garbage can and cancel our subscription to Ice Cream Lovers Monthly. And now, having gotten rid of the junk, the truth is I might be twitching and I may be a little grumpy, but having removed what is not good for me by itself is still not going to get me into shape. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. And so, plainly put, forsaking what is not good for you is not enough to make you healthy. So, maybe you take the next step. 
Having removed all the junk from your home, you place a grocery order for a truckload of broccoli and celery. You stock your pantry with organic this, high protein that, you drink a gallon of water each day, you eat lean meat, salads, and smoothies at every meal out of a desire to be healthy. Yet, what you'll likely discover by the end of the first week is that eating healthy, a giant intake of the good stuff, is still not enough to get you in good shape. Plainly put, intaking what is good for you is not enough for you to be healthy. And so if you're really serious about getting into shape, if you truly want to live a healthy lifestyle, then on top of forsaking the junk food, on top of intaking what's good for you, you're going to have to, dare I say it, exercise. I feel like you hear like the old lady from Princess Bread. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Insert that here, future CJ. <laughs> Exactly right. Boo is right. Uh, and so if you truly want to be healthy, if you want your physical body to be in tip-top shape, you're going to have to work out what you've been given. And so you're going to need to remove the junk that you've accumulated, right? Remove all that junk food. Uh, remove the junk that bogs down your body and makes you feel bad. You're going to need to regularly and systematically intake what's good for you. You're going to need to exercise. And if you skip any of these three steps, you will face fatigue fitness fatigue and you're going and before you know it, you're going to go right back to how it was before you're going to give up and not do it uh i'm going to ask a poll of the class oh how many of you have ever done that done what i'm going to do it and then it just no you you just you just you drop it yeah yeah i think uh, at some point we've all done that well for the sake of of the uh scientific research that you put into your podcast which i'm sure you did <laughs> but um so I kind of like have to disagree with what you said slightly. Just stay with me for a minute. Stay with me. Hold your hold your tongue. Okay, I stay shall. Stay with me. I shall. So, if you've turned into this podcast before, uh, if you're here for the first time, welcome. Uh, <laughs> but if you Baby tuned in here. before, then you are very aware that this is not the place to come for uh, health advice. Right. <laughs> Especially mental health advice. Mm. Please do not tune into this podcast. <laughs> But what I was pondering here in this concept really kind of blew me away when it comes when we consider the spiritual application. So if if you were to ask nearly any person sitting in any pew on a Sunday, chances are they would tell you they want to be in tip top shape spiritually. They want to be healthy spiritually. They desire to have a soul that is in spiritual tip-top shape. Yet, while this is the desire of most, it is certainly not the reality of most. And I would even say that the heavenly, healthy, the fit in faith uh, are the exception of our day, certainly not the rule of our day. And what I want to propose today is that the reason is exactly the same as our, our, our physical health. Some people, especially at New Year, decide, you know what? This year will be different. I'm getting into I'm getting into spiritual shape. I'm getting rid of all the junk and all the clutter and all the noise and all the things that distract me from God. New Year's is the time to do it. And so they might delete social media from their phone. They might limit the number of hours they spend in front of a TV. Uh, you know, they might attempt to forsake anything that bogs down their life uh, from being close to God. And so they recognize that anything that is a threat to their spiritual health, it needs to go. And so just like the person who eliminates junk food, forsaking spiritual junk food by itself really isn't enough to be spiritually healthy. Mm. 
So some people conclude, especially at New Year, that what they need to do is not just forsake the spiritual junk food, but they also need to intake some of the spiritual good stuff. And so they start the new year by making a commitment to read their Bible every day. They maybe set aside 10 minutes to pray every day. Maybe they are really a zealot and they tune into a podcast, a Christian podcast or read a Christian book uh, on their free time, all out of a desire to intake healthy, good stuff spiritually. Yet, just like forsaking spiritual junk, intaking spiritual good stuff is not enough to have a fit faith. Those things by themselves won't do it. Which is why, just like our physical body, a spiritual soul needs to not only forsake, not only intake, but our soul needs to demonstrate. In other words, our soul was designed with an inerrant need to spiritually work out and exercise. And right there we lost nearly half of our audience. Because <laughs> now you're telling me not only do I have to exercise this body, but my soul needs to exercise. And some of you just called and complained to the complaint department. Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> that was high, but okay. But the truth is, biblically, that's what the Bible teaches. In other words, our soul was designed with an inerrant need to spiritually work out and exercise. Uh, the truth is, none of us like it. Exercising, working out, demonstrating our faith is the hardest part of getting into tip-top spiritual shape. And just as much as it's the hardest part of getting into physical shape, uh, so it is spiritually. And so the truth is, this is where the church has failed a lot. And so let me just uh, speak from a pastoral standpoint for just a second. <clears throat> so often from the pulpit, we constantly hear a need for holiness. We hear things like remove the junk. Remove anything unlike God from your life. Stay away from this. Keep guard against that. Forsake, 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 forsake. And if you do, you'll be just right with God. We hear very frequently about our need to spiritually intake. Read this. Read that. Read more. Memorize this. Quote that. Listen to this. Study that. Yet, we can remove all the junk from our souls. We can fill our lives with wonderful, great, and true things. Yet, if we're not working out, if we're not demonstrating the things we're learning spiritually, what we're find is that our souls are spiritually sick. Can he still smack me if he's sitting right he's here? He's a lot closer to smack you. <laughs> I think he can smack you first. Oh. Oh. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> we should have at least separated you two because combined your word count's gonna be like three. Mm. I'm not gonna. So you've already, you can't say anything the rest of the time. <laughs> but do you see how, so, so what you get spiritually whenever you have someone who forsakes and intakes and stops there, what you have is a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. Pharisees forsook everything that even remotely looked like it might lead them astray from God. And they were constantly intaking the word of God. They had it memorized that it had on their hands, on their heads, on their heart. Like they had it on their homes. They had it plastered everywhere. And yet still Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. He mm -hmm. called them snakes and vipers. He called them very wicked, evil people who were not going to see the kingdom of heaven. And the reason is they did not do the last step. They did not demonstrate. They didn't exercise. They didn't work out or live out what they learned. And so the same is true today. But how often, I mean, you guys are in church too. How often do we hear in churches uh, to forsake? All you need to do is stop doing this. Stop doing this. That's all you need to do. Stop doing this. Or all you need to do is start doing this. Start doing this. Intaking and forsaking are not enough to bring you close to God. If it were, if, if so, the Pharisees would have been as close as anybody could be to God. Nothing? No, I got Nothing. a lot, but you told me to wait. <laughs> you, you. you told me to talk. So I was just quietly following you. <laughs> so, uh... So what you're saying is, is that 
Uh, eliminating anything that is distracting you from God. Okay, give it all that stuff. Okay. Then, like, start reading the Bible, attending church, mm-hmm. and all that is not enough. You have to actually apply what you're intaking to your right. life. Live out your okay. faith. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that just instantly makes me think of head, heart, and hands yeah. from LifeWise. Yeah. Okay. So, by, so when you say, the exercise part of your spirit is bearing the fruit. Right. Okay. Right. So uh, you can't, like, for example, um, so in the physical aspect of it, uh, the um, so you, you get rid of the junk food, you start eating healthier, and then the exercise would be your translation of the fruit. Sort of yet. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, sort okay. of yes. Well, okay. First, let me back up a little bit because, like, I lost like forty pounds without exercising. Mm-hmm. But that's another so, story. So, in retrospect, let me explain this. Okay. So there's a difference between being healthier and being in the top. Like they right. put you on the yes. front of Health Magazine. They put you on the epitome of uh, Anatomy 101. Like you are okay. the prime. And because spiritually, that's what we should want to be. Yeah. We shouldn't just yeah. want to settle for being healthier spiritually. We should want to be everything that Christ died to make us. Okay. The abundant Christian in top pristine shape, as close to God as anyone's ever been. Does that make sense? Perfect. And sense. so to get to that, yeah, you're going to have to exercise. Okay. So is it. I don't know. I, I, I'm of the belief, and I could be wrong, that if you're intaking uh, holy stuff, you know what I mean? Like re- reading your Bible, praying to God, do- doing all these things, okay? Eventually, like, your actions, and unless you're mentally, like, blocking that from happening, like, I'm going to read my Bible today, but it's not going to mean anything to me. Yep. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to hear the words, but I'm not going to like, like the word of God is power in itself and it changes you. Okay. So when you say like the, the physical aspect of it, okay. So you give it to the Oreos and you pick up the broccoli. I know. Right. But then (laughs) you choose to get on the treadmill for however long, you know what I mean? And you figure it out where, it seems to me spiritually, you know, you can eliminate the things that draw you from God. You know what I mean? Do all the things. But the last part, can you do that on your own? I, I, well, we're going to get to that, where, too. We're going to get to that, okay, too. I'm going to finish your <laughs> no, podcast. You are thinking with me, and I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Okay. Uh, there are answers coming. All I right. just, as, as per usual, it's a long time to get the answers skewed out of me. Uh Heavenly health and a fit faith, a spiritual soul actually works out. It demonstrates and it actuates and it lives out what we claim to believe. In other words, a soul cannot be healthy unless it lives out what it claims to believe. It's in the action, the actualization, the authentication step of exercising our faith that makes it genuine. In fact, uh, just like we've talked many times around here on the podcast, true biblical faith is a verb. And so if you look at the word pistuo uh, in, in the Bible, it's a verb. It's it's putting boots on the ground on what you believe. It's it's doing something based on what you believe. And so it's, it's believing in the parachute so much that you strap it on. And in faith, you jump out of the plane, exercising, demonstrating your faith in that parachute. But the pitfall of so many Christians is that we drift towards religion. We make knowing God about faith facts, about book smarts, about good deeds, 
Which is why we're living at such a time in history where Christianity has been so wrongly misidentified. We sit in church each Sunday with a Bible under our arm and a tire on our neck. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> and we call ourselves a Christian. I wore a tie twice in a row. <laughs> and I wrote a podcast all about it. <laughs> Uh, but we do these things and we call it and we call ourselves Christians for doing them. Why? Because we say we believe in Jesus. We believe. And so we must be a believer. We define what we are by what we claim. Yet biblical Christianity is defined by faith. Without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith action, putting your beliefs boots on the ground, you cannot be saved. You cannot be a Christian. And so again, what is faith? Faith is an action. It's an exercising of what you say you believe. True faith demonstrates. True faith lives out what is learned and applies it in the reality of our lives. So the truth is just like the couch potato who wants to turn over a new leaf at new year. It's a whole lot easier to esteem or to claim or to identify as a spiritually in shape person than it actually is to get in shape. Right. Because <laughs> I think I think it's a little bit awkward, even at our church. I think if we were to go out there this morning and be like, how many of you think you are in spiritual tip top shape? And I think they'd all ooh, ooh, ooh. they turn into monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there would be some, they may be humble and no, no, never I, but I think some of them believe they're in spiritual tip top shape. And the reason is they identify as that they claim it, but there's no action. There's no exercising to back up that claim. It's the same way with the couch potato. But the fact is exercising, demonstrating our faith is the tough stuff. It's the inconvenient stuff. It's the hard to measure and what takes a lot of work. It's uncomfortable. Uh, exercising our faith, it infringes on our life. It takes away our fun in the flesh. And yet what we seem to have forgotten in our modern day Christianity is that unapologetically, the Bible clearly states that faith without works is not sick, is not ill. But James 2 tells us that faith without works is dead. In other words, if you forsake the sweets and you intake the kale and the broccoli and you order jogging pants and sweatbands and every day of the week you put on the outfit and you claim to be healthy, you may be doing the right things. You may be doing, you may not be doing the bad things. You may look the part and even act the part. But if you are not actually literally working out and exercising, then your claim to health is dead. It's just a claim. In the same way, any faith that claims to know God, yet that doesn't live out proof of knowing God in everyday action is a dead faith. Any faith that claims to have Bible knowledge, yet fails to demonstrate the Bible, is dead. Any faith that forsakes the junk and takes the truth yet fails to live out faith is a dead faith. You're wearing the Christian costume, waving your church membership card, claiming to be healthy while your claim to health is dead. So this word that James uses this is getting kind of back to your uh, comment here. Okay. The word that James uses here in chapter two for <clears throat> work is a little bit confusing. And I could spend I had so much written. I, I deleted it out for all of your sakes because no one cares but me. Uh, but <laughs> it's all my wordy nerdy stuff. Uh, but the word work that James uses here in James chapter two is actually a noun. OK, so you guys remember a noun person, place, Sometimes. a thing. Tell baby New Year what a noun is. 
Kevin says it's a person place. Or okay. Thanks, Kevin. So, sure. anytime. A noun. So, this work is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. So, the, this work is like the end result, right? So, faith without works is dead. So, faith without an act, a deed, a thing done, right? Okay. That's the end result of works. So, you work to make works. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, in other words, the work is a result of working. So, James is telling us without evidence, without proof, without work, deeds, acts, things done that prove God has taken control of your life and living on the inside while your claim to faith is dead. But then take a look at what Paul writes in Philippians 2, uh, 12 through 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but, it not, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. And so Paul tells the believers to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that works in you, right? So this word that this word work here is the same word that James uses, but in verb form. Okay. So what is a verb? It's an action. action. It's a Kevin sleeping. No, I the first one. <laughs> Pharisees. Uh, it's an action. A verb is an action word. So this is the, what you do to get a work. So this is what you do to get the noun, right? So if you wanted to build a birdhouse, you would have to works verb to get the work of a birdhouse, mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> You're not having my junk today, are you? <laughs> yes. Keep going. <laughs> so this is what the word here means that Paul uses. The word means to work, labor, to do, to work out, to exercise, to produce. So James says that works, the noun, the end result of works, proves our faith. Yet Paul says that we have a role to play here too. It's by works, by working out, by exercising our faith with fear and trembling, that God actually works. He produces within us his will and pleasure. In other words, the Christian has all that they need. We have all that we need for life and godliness, Peter writes. When we become a Christian, we are saved eternally. We are forgiven forever. So we then begin the process of forsaking our old way of life. We begin the process of removing all the junk from our lives that are unlike God. We begin to pursue the things that are like God, intaking of his word, intaking his will, intaking his ways. And so here's our soul with a healthy diet, sinful sugars have been removed, yet it's in the step of demonstration, the step of working out our faith that allows God to work in us and allows his word, his will, his ways to be activated in us, right? In other words, we have to cooperate with what he's trying to do in our lives, we have to cooperate with his control in our lives. And so it's when we do that, that his good pleasure is fulfilled. It's an exercising of faith that the working out of the protein you've been intaking is put into the work of your soul. So this is what I get back to. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a rebuttal because we're not arguing, but no. to answer your non-question. I think you're arguing. Uh, <laughs> you didn't let me ask the question. <laughs> let me answer you before you ask. Okay. I'm going to start when calling you, for Jerry here soon. <laughs> when, when you... Uh, when you work out, right, you, you see all these health nerds uh, drinking protein powder, right? We know what protein you powder is. Drink powder. I, you, you, you should put that in first. something. You'll probably okay. die if you drink that straight out of the... <laughs> but we, you intake protein. So say, don't even say powder. Like you just are intaking protein, mm -hmm. good things. Uh, you eat the kale, you eat the broccoli, you're t intaking whatever vitamins, whatever you get from those, it's not protein. Uh, you eat your boiled eggs, get your protein, right? You're getting these things in your body. You drink the water. Your body needs that water. But it's not until you're working out that those things are put into action to benefit your body. Does that make sense? Yes. And so while those things might be healthy for you, the, the health benefit to grow your, your muscles comes by exercising. 
it's putting to work those things you've been intaking. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And so you, you had said, we're going to maybe possibly ask that, is it God or is it us that works? Well, technically, just like this, we do have to intake and do our part so that he can do his part. Right. It's in the exercising that allows him to demonstrate with what we've done what he wants to do. All right. I understand <laughs> it in my brain. Yes, I know. But like... Yes. you. <laughs> Okay, because we think a lot, a lot of things, but most of you don't think like him. Okay, so. Praise God. <laughs> so what you're basically saying, like in the physical aspect, we have to give it to the junk, eat healthy. We have to get on the treadmill and right. do the work. Right. Okay. But what you're saying in the spiritual aspect of it is, is, is that we have to, like our part is to eliminate the distractions Okay, and then taking all of the godly things, mm-hmm. okay, and then by taking in the godly things, we activate the spirit that dwells within us, and then it's like plugging a plug in yeah. to God. You know, yeah. we become connected to God, yeah. and then that is when we exhibit the um, fruit of the spirit because yeah. we can't, like, without God, we can't truly demonstrate the the fruit of the spirit like we can fake it you know what yeah. i'm saying like we can say all the right stuff and do all the right things but our heart you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like yes josh i forgive you yeah but you know what i mean yeah he doesn't <laughs> it's okay After this podcast i don't deserve to be forgiven <laughs> cuts off my question <laughs> 20 minutes later and you have a child you should know better than that but anyway, i'm just not gonna say a sentence for the first time in the last five years so the comparison is is like perfect, and until you get to like the, I think it it, it is it is not a perfect analogy. Uh, but this is what I also uh, I'm working with you now at this point. I have no I have nothing further. I'm working with oh, you. Okay, uh, oh boy. let's partner. Uh, so so there's very much a biblical concept of acting out your faith. So like I said yes. with the parachute, putting it out like you read about parachutes, you believe what you read, but until you strap it on and jump out of that plane. There's yeah. no faith there because you're not acting upon what you believe. And you can apply this to anything in the Bible. You can read the entire Bible, but until you live out what you've read, mm-hmm. there's no activating, there's no working out that faith. It's in that that step, that working out, that actually demonstrating what you've read, that there is some kind of activation. And I, I don't, I don't want to go as far as to say that that step is God. It is God, but it's almost like, He's the parachute. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we mm-hmm. have to take the step to pull the ripcord, and then he's like, Phew. Okay. So, <laughs> it's all about the that, was great. Shot. that was like Batman. <laughs> or I'm going to rub your heads. I don't know what you're <laughs> So, <laughs> I totally distracted myself with the camera. I'm just like, <laughs> so, so, to your parachute analogy, when we jump out of the airplane, okay, the faith is pulling the ripcord. That the parachute is going to open. Plane. And yeah, all those above. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, because so, uh, but yet people skydive all the time. You know what I mean? And uh, the, the, the funny thing is, is, is that I've never sky dove, dove before. <laughs> okay. Dive. But in my mind, the higher up I am, 
the less my, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, like, I want to be close to the ground. <laughs> so if it doesn't work, I might just break a leg <laughs> and walk away. I don't want to be so high, I just go splat when I hit the ground. Okay? So when you apply that to faith, I believe that many Christians, like, as long as they're like, all right, I'm going to jump out of this, you know, airplane at 20 feet. Okay? And the worst that's going to happen is... I might break something, you know, get scratched up, but I'll get up and walk away, okay? And as your faith grows in Christ, you should become more and more and more comfortable because every single time the parachute does open and it does what parachutes do. What parachutes do. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I kind of set you up for that. (laughs) You did. That was great. So uh, in exercising our faith, um... Like, I don't, I'm of the opinion, and I, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but for a, a immature young Christian, okay, God is not going to say, go to the upper limits of the atmosphere and jump out of a plane. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to be like, jump off a house first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, jump off a top. Like, he, yeah. he's going to give you reason to, you know what I mean? Until we get to a point in our life where trusting him doesn't depend on how high we are from the ground. Our faith has nothing to do with the circumstance of how high we are. Our faith is solely dependent upon him and who he is. So, so let me, let me wrap it to you this way. You know, rap? Definitely not. Oh, I was going to say drop a beat over there, baby. New year. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So disappointing. Um, so, Chances are most of us aren't going to go skydiving. I actually, that was on the top of my bucket list. If there's anything I want to do before I die, I want to jump out of an airplane. Maybe that's how I die. I was going to say, you do. Uh, <laughs> you do. But I, that's seriously, like, I, I've even priced it out. I, that's something I very, 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 very much want to do. Um, but anyways, so so there is very much a disconnect. Growing up at church, like, I see this so, so, so much. There's very much a disconnect of, I read God's word. I believe God's word. I say I believe God's word. But then as I'm living my life and God's word's not in front of me, it just goes out the window. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I read that thou shalt not lie. And I believe that. And it's true. And I even tell everybody, I believe I shouldn't lie. Because God said, not to. Thou shalt not. But then I get in a conversation and something or another. And without even thinking about it, I just don't tell the complete truth. Or okay. I bend the truth. What I've just done is I've removed the junk. I've intaken good stuff but I've not lived out what I say I believe. That's the disconnect. That's the episode <laughs> that I lost in the shuffle. Uh, and so it can be <clears throat> it can be giant acts of faith. Like I absolutely agree with you. The, the, the longer we serve God, we should go to greater heights, jump out of taller airplanes. But that can be- <laughs> I saw Rachel's head cock in the camera. But, uh, it's like how long the plane is. Like, like, the airplane isn't tall. <laughs> Have you ever been next to one on the ground? I mean, they're they pretty tall. tall. I don't really know how tall the airplane is, but I don't think the parents would work to straight out of it. This way or this way or this way. Um, but this can be as simple as Juliet, who's five, who who has been told that lying is wrong because Jesus says it's wrong in his word. And Jesus doesn't lie. He, we can trust him. He always tells the truth. And so we should be like Jesus and we should always tell the truth. And so she believes that she esteems it. But then when I ask her something, she beats around the bush or she tells a little white lie or she tries to get out of it and weasel her way. 
what is she doing? She's not living out her faith. She's not living out what she says she believes. And so what she's doing, she's not activating. She's not demonstrating. She's not um, actuating what she says she believes. Wouldn't, wouldn't the difference be like religion versus relationship? A absolutely. So like if you have a relationship with God, you're going to love him. So you're not going to lie because you love him so much. Right. To where if it's religion, you're just like, what? Yep. I love that. I think I said this on a previous episode, but that thing that was going around on social media said um, religion says, um, Oh, I did this. I mm. I gotta hide it from my dad. And relationship says, Oh, I did this. I gotta call my dad. Like yeah. that's right. the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly right. When it is a relationship, the first thing you want to do is live out like what pleases him and 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 run to him when you do fail. But so often we're so caught up in um, forsaking and intaking religion that we forget that the real important stuff that God cares about is the faith aspect. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the Old Testament, you will find that there are a lot, in fact, all of the people listed in the Old Testament, uh, very flawed, very flawed. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, the, literally the Hebrew nation was built upon a man who uh, adulterated and lots of other things, uh, sisters and it was problems. Uh, <laughs> Not a, he was a flawed man. Uh, the the favored king of all of Israel, a murderer, adulterous, uh, like fornicate, like all these horrible, horrible, horrible things. But why did God choose them? Well, because they did forsake. Sometimes they did intake, but most of all, it was their faith. That's yes. what pleased God. I'm go read Hebrews 11. That's what pleased God. It was their faith. It was that living out what they claimed, not in perfection, but still being willing to activate it, to demonstrate it in reality. Isn't there a, uh, which I'm going to have to lean on your Bible knowledge because. Uh, Hopefully it's better than my airplane knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> where it, it, it talks about like, uh, I forget who in the Old Testament is referring to. It's like. They made it to heaven on their faithfulness because mm -hmm. they were faithful yep. to God. Yep. Okay. And uh, so, like, faithful to a person and what God talks about faithfulness isn't the same mm -hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Like, you can be in a relationship with another person and... Like the mutual understand, I hope no one has to say, "All right, we're now a thing, so you have to stop sleeping around, or you can't sleep." <laughs> like you don't have to verbally say that. It's unspoken that, I would hope. agreement. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's also understood by both sides, okay? And like the other person can like lie, okay? But they're not accused of being unfaithful. You know what I mean? The other person can do anything until they cheat. And then they become unfaithful. Mm. You, you know what I mean? And it's not, and then with, with God, it's like no, like unfaithfulness. This is kind of weird to even say. Unfaithfulness to God is basically saying God doesn't exist. Okay, that's how you become unfaithful to God. Because like as much as you may love another person, there's a limit to how much faith you're willing to put into them. You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you were jumping out the airplane and Jenny had a remote control to push the button, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, you would like to think she would do it at the exact right moment, okay? But it's it's surely going to happen with God. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are flawed as people. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? So, 
I don't know. Jenny might be thinking he didn't know the dishwasher. I'm maybe sweat it out for five seconds. Jokes in her. We don't have a dishwasher. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I just throw him in the floor. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna open the cabinet. <laughs> oh, is it where the dishwasher is? No, still no. <laughs> but, but I'm just like, there is no, like, it's it's really two different yeah. definitions, and too many times, the world confuses them. Both to me the same. Thing. I think it's funny growing up at church. The, the the people that we unspokenly consider to be spiritual, right? We we look at people and we're like, oh, they're so spiritual. How are we judging that? Maybe that would be a good theme for a whole mm. a whole series. But how are we judging that? Actually, that's quite a hot topic right now. <laughs> oh. And that's all we'll say about that. But. Uh, <laughs> Yes, uh, that's all I'll say about that. But that is that is the how do we gauge that? How do we decide that? Is it the person who forsakes the most? Is it the person who intakes the most, knows the most Bible? Or is it the person who actually lives out what God said to do should take it? I mean that reverently. <laughs> there may be some crankiness in this comment, but you get the point. God considers those who live out his word mm-hmm. to be faithful, but, to be spiritual. But can you live out his word? No, you need all three to get there. Like you, right. need, you need, you need a forsaken taken, but, right. but we have it so backwards in our minds that it's the first two that matter when really it's that third step that proves the first two steps. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We agree. Mm. We agree. Do we agree? No, I don't care. <laughs> you guys didn't say if you did anyway. You were just playing. I was going to say like basically <gasps> the, uh, <laughs> you shocked him. Especially, I mean, even like in a spiritual realm, but like on here on earth, like the first two can be important, but if you don't do that third thing, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's actually yeah, bad for you to do the first absolutely, two. Absolutely. Right, yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I think we're so confused on because we, you're right. And, and I think, I don't know, speaking of growing up in church, like I can think of so many people who grew up in only our age group who only did the first two and it, it was harmful. Mm-hmm. It detrimentally hurt their Christianity to the point that they don't serve God anymore. And the reason is all they heard was forsake, 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 forsake. They were never told there was more to God than take away, remove from your life or intake, intake, intake They're All they were ever told was read more about them, read more about them, but they were never told there's more, there's relationship here. There's something here for you. And so it is harmful. You have to have all three in order to be spiritually healthy. And that almost rhymed. That was as close to rapping as I get. Wow. Wow was right. That was like a country song. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So as we approach another year, we have nearly 365 days before us. Uh, We have a wonderful opportunity to correct any complacency that's fallen into our Christianity. I know in my own life, it's so odd. This is uh, year number, we won't say. I've had a few years uh, that I've started new. Um, he just doesn't remember. All of them? All of them. I, well, I haven't been around since the first one. But. He's not saying because he doesn't remember how long. <laughs> but for some reason this year, I really, truly, truly faced this year with such like enthusiasm and excitement at just the potential that lies ahead, maybe more than I ever can remember before. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what I, you know, have been putting into my diet that's changed that because usually I'm very pessimistic. and It is the cold medicine. It, that's what it is. Uh, once the night cold wears off, I'll be back to my group myself. But for now, I'm so excited for next year. <laughs> At this moment. But this could be the year where your soul finds more spiritual strength than ever before. This could be the year where you are more healthy in heaven's eyes than you've ever been. You could be closer to God than you ever were before. This could be the year where your faith is most fit. Your belief is more 
Buff. <laughs> Maybe that was too far, but I just couldn't help it. Uh, God has given us all that we need. He's plainly told us in his word what it takes to live successfully in the victorious Christian life. And it's up to us. Will we work out so that God can work in us? Will we do the tough stuff, the hard work and labor and exercise our faith? Uh, today's considerable quote, this is actually one of my all-time favorite quotes of all times, and I don't know that I've ever used it on the podcast, um, but it's by Tozer. I, I just love this quote. I have, I have in my mind turned back to the quote so many times. Um, it really is a quote that once you hear it, it kind of takes all excuses away from your life, and so you may want to plug your ears for the next 10 seconds. But this is what Tozer said. Every man is as close to God as he wants to be. Dun, 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 dun. It's a great quote. It is a great quote, and I really believe that. Today's feature content is Run to the Father by Matt Marr. And so go check that out. Today's trivia challenge. Let's see if you know this one. Oh, shoot. And I have I'm the kind answer. of thinking I do. I just have this idea. <laughs> I just, I've never done that the one time I do. <laughs> what is currently the most popular workout method? Um, again, we're not talking about exercising per se this month, but I thought that would be a fun one to go with today's episode. So most popular workout method is it hit... Uh, high intensity interval, interval training, uh, B CrossFit, C weightlifting, or D cycling. So comment below, and uh, we'll give you the answer next week. Uh, birthday roundups: We have two birthdays this week: Rain Endicott and Justice Landing. Happy, Happy birthday! birthday. Woo, woo. And uh, we hope you'll tune in next week. I will not be hosting, and so you should be safe. Um, I'll probably be jumping out of something, yeah, some yeah. a tall airplane somewhere uh, with my like jump off a ladder first. <laughs> Uh, and I will try to get up. Uh, <laughs> but come back next week uh, and uh, tune in for Flexing Faith. But until then, we'll see you. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.